Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Dominic Hayes, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today, I'm joined in the studio by our prior, Father Peter John Cameron, and our pastor at St. Patrick Parish, Father Stephen Alcott. Let's begin by asking the intercession of Our Lady. Hail Mary, full Full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So today on this this segment of Dominican Dimensions, we were looking at a document by Pope Francis recently published, uh, which is on St. Joseph. And I think, Father Alcott, you were struck by a number of things in this. This is called Patris Corde, from the heart of the Father, right? Right. Um, Pope Francis issued this on the 150th anniversary of the proclamation um, by Pope Pius IX of St. Joseph as patron of the Universal Church. And he gives um, some beautiful reflections on St. Joseph. One thing that um, struck me that Pope Francis speaks about is how St. Joseph even though he doesn't always understand what happens to him, um, he accepts what happens to him, um, not in a passive way, um, not in a gloomy way, but with courage and um, and with creativity even. Um, The Pope gives us the example of how Joseph had to travel for the birth of Christ. Surely as a carpenter, he had a wonderful, um, perfectly sound home, and yet uh, he had to make a difficult journey with his wife, Mary, who was very near to giving birth, and, and had to make do um, with what was going on. Of course, he didn't understand why this would happen, but he accepted it with creativity and courage um, after not finding any place for Mary and or soon-to-be-born son, Jesus, he nevertheless found a place where, where they, could, uh, they could be, a stable in Bethlehem. And, and the Holy Father points out that this is something that directly translates to many people's lives. It translates to our own lives. We don't always understand what is going on in our lives. We don't always understand why something happens, especially if it's something that's troubling or difficult or completely unexpected, but nevertheless, um, rather than simply complaining or becoming bitter or throwing up our hands in complete resignation um, to, to realize that somehow God is going to carry out his saving plan. Somehow God can work even with, um, you know, even, even among and amidst, even violence and, and all of the arrogance of worldly powers, uh, and even the ordinary annoyances of our life, in order to carry out what he wants to do. So I notice um, that the Pope Francis, in this uh, letter, mentions, he says, uh, it mentions a pa- papal teaching on St. Joseph. And I think it's very interesting. I, there's 
My predecessors, he says, reflected on the message contained in the limited information hinted on by the Gospels in order to appreciate more fully his central role in the history of salvation. And he mentions uh, Blessed Pius IX, proclaiming a patron of the Catholic Church, Pius XII, patron of workers, St. John Paul II, as guardian of the Redeemer, and what's and universally, he says, invoked as patron of a happy death. But the interesting thing for me, one of the interesting things for me was that he is quoting all modern popes. Hmm. Now, when you, when you know when I mention modern, I mean from the 1500s on. But, <laughs> um, but even this, you know, we're talking 19th century, 20th century mm-hmm. references. And I'm suggesting that, at least in this regard, maybe the uh, papal teaching in the present modern era is recognizing a crisis in fatherhood. That has mm-hmm. been, in fact, going on not just mm-hmm. for our generation, where I think some people keep talking about it, but has been going on for a long time. For instance, if you think about, say, hypothetically, just to pull one century that I never mention out, the 13th century, you know, uh, <laughs> fathers and mothers would normally be working together because most people are involved in agriculture. But with the Industrial Revolution, we have the separation of fathers and mothers yep. in the household. So we find... Mm-hmm. Fathers going out to work in, in factories, or mothers sometimes, uh, especially in uh, garment garment areas. I'm, I'm from Massachusetts, so I think of Lawrence, Massachusetts. Uh, but in those places, peop- one parent or both sometimes are taken out of the home to work. And so who's at home with the kids? You know, Not the whole scope of parenting, because mothers and fathers are unique in the way they they operate and the way they relate to their children. I mean, mother and father, those are names, but they're names for unique relationships Mm -hmm. that each one of us have. And as I said, this, I think, maybe is especially a modern, a very modern, a very new, uh, comparative new crisis in fatherhood. Uh, And and it is. It's, I mean, what do you think are some ways in which fathers today can be creatively courageous, you know, given all the things that that they're facing? Well, I think one of them is to, first of all, recognize that um, there's there's a commitment in fatherhood. In fact, fatherhood, I think uh, Pope Francis brings up beautifully in this, is about commitment. Mm. And a good example of this is St. Joseph, you know. I mean, normally, you know, to be be a biological father is a matter of a a single loving touch, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes less loving, you know. Uh, but to be an authentic, authentically a father to a child means to take spiritual responsibility. And this, of course, is exactly what St. Joseph does to a child who is not of his own body mm-hmm. when he calls him by the name Jesus as the will of God and the angel of God instruct him. Mm-hmm. You know, when he names the child, he's assuming paternity of that child. Mm-hmm. And then he lives that paternity out as far as we can see it. You know, the only word, actually, of St. Joseph, which brings up another part of his, his silence in the Scripture, he's a man of action, not words. But the only word that we know he spoke, certainly, is precisely the name of Jesus in the moment of taking paternity. Mm-hmm. And so he is really the, a concentrated image of what authentic fatherhood is, which is a thing about you know, active charity and taking on spiritual responsibility. Mm-hmm. From the first line of the document, Joseph, uh, by the Holy Father, is singled out as 
having a father's heart. That's that's where the title of the of the letter comes from. And Pope Francis says that in all four Gospels, they refer to uh, Jesus as the son of Joseph. So his his very identity is one that is caught up not only with uh, Joseph as um, as as a you know being of his family, but in the way that he's loved by Joseph, and that the love that Jesus shows others is a love that he experienced in a very personal way through the paternity of of Joseph in his life, and in the way that Joseph loved the Blessed Virgin Mary. That this, in in that embrace, and this is why when we celebrate. St. Joseph, we're always also celebrating the Holy Family and the uniqueness of the mystery of the Holy Family and how necessary it is in our lives. That, um, that, that, that miracle can also transfigure our relationships, especially where we feel most infirm or, or frail in terms of being able to love our spouse, love our children, love our siblings, the way that they really deserve, and, and according to the dignity that's theirs as children of God. This is, I think, a current uh, problem, that in our culture, uh, marriage is more and more looked on as a a lifestyle cho- choice which is to fulfill one's own happiness, yeah. rather than uh, the idea that it is precisely about building up a family, is about taking on a sacrificial relationship for one's spouse and for the children of one's of one's love, you know that that if you if you don't intend to build up a family, in one way or another, you've got no business marrying. I mean, I think there is a kind of fruitfulness that is available to older couples as well, but it's not the natural fruitfulness you experience in the in the younger couple. And it's but, why something more than just a civil bond right. is needed in order to live marriage, because two people can come, man and a woman can come together with every great intention mm-hmm. of being as good as they they possibly can be to each other and fail because something beyond their power is necessary in order to bring about Mm -hmm. the happiness and the fruitfulness that is going to result in actual um, sanctifying love. And that's the beauty of St. Joseph is that he welcomes that mystery into his embrace with the Blessed Mother and in the way that he, he interacts with his son by allowing Jesus to to be part of his life as, as a son in a, in a fatherly way. And the spiritual power of this precisely is seen in that this is a marriage without the normal natural helps of marriage. Right. That this is something which is really wrought by the hand of God, and yet which is held up by the Holy Spirit in the Church as the model for living out matrimony you know, of all kinds. And to, and to understand what motherhood and fatherhood is. When, when this this image that sticks in my mind. I'm a I'm a I'm a Red Washington. Well, I can't say Redskins anymore. So Washington football team fan, uh, <laughs> and I grew up watching those games. And and way back in the olden days, at least when I was a kid, there was a player named Dave Butts. He was a he was a veteran. He was on the line. He was a huge football player, you know. But I just remember that after each game, you know, he had a little son, like kind of maybe like eight or something years old and he was always let his he, he'd after the game his son would always his son would run down onto the field and and carry his father's helmet and this helmet was like twice as big as this kid's head and this helmet was like scored with scratches and gouges you know for 
ramming against other other you know other linemen you know in the team but it was something that just really it just it had stuck in my mind you know that here's a guy who he's a professional football player he takes a heavy beating you know but like kind of like the highlight of his game is to is to let his son you know like share something of that of of, the, of that contest you know and there was something about that that just has stuck in my mind you're listening to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Dominic Hayes, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. I'm joined in the studio by Father Peter John Cameron and Father Peter Alcott. We've been discussing uh, the Pope's uh, letter on St. Joseph, uh, Patris Corde, and uh, talking about spiritual fatherhood as we see it in St. Joseph. Yeah, and as I was saying, just the fact that that concept of what a father does is he he sees his role as, you know, caring for his his wife and for his children, you know, including them in his life. You know, they're not simply appendages to his life. They're really, in a way, you know, the purpose of his life. And you see that in a way I think he pours himself out for them, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, uh, as I said, children are not a lifestyle option. They are the they are learning that sacrificial love and loving them is precisely how we carry out uh, growing what really matters, which is that sacrificial love, which is agape charity. Uh, you see this in how he has to uproot himself. You know, when the uh, the dream comes to him that Herod is after the child, how he has to uproot his entire life, his business, and, you know, travel to Egypt of all places, that narrow land, that land of slavery. Uh, now, you know, Christ is recapitulating the movement of his people, but but Joseph is going down to Egypt like the Joseph before him mm-hmm. to provide a living and a life for his own family the way that Joseph did, a life, did so in the providence of God for his brothers and family. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that also that, that these patterns of God's providence of ancient times are working themselves out again in his life. Mm-hmm. And he may, you know, how much does he know? The Bible is, does not get us into the mindsets of people so much. It talks about their deeds and God's deeds. But, uh, but I think, it, you know, what, was he aware of this? Did he, did he think about this one who was led by dreams before, the Joseph of Genesis, etc.? Uh, did he take heart in, uh, does that help him to trust that what God accomplished once, he will accomplish again in the protection of the of the child who is the bearer of all the promises and prophecies? One of the outstanding things about Joseph is the way that he provides for the church and is is held up as the, the church's great patron and, and, and provider and the uh, the literal meaning of that term is really so important because it means to to look out for. And there's a beautiful painting of the incarnation that shows the the child in a a manger that sort of looks like a tomb to remind us that where our Lord is headed. And and so he our Lord is surrounded by the Blessed Mother who's just glorious, and the the shepherds are there and all. But in the distance you can see all the world coming on horses and camels with all kinds of gifts, etc. And Joseph sees them. He puts his hand up to his brow. He sees them, and he's pointing to them 
to let everybody know that the world is coming. And, and, and this is what Joseph does for us. He, he has been given a grace to have a special ch- share in the wisdom of God so that he can make sense of the failures and of the frustrations and of the chaos and of the confusion which completely populated his life before Jesus Christ was born. Every possible dream he had was dashed. And if he were to try to assess his life based just like on his own resume accomplishments, he would have been deemed a total failure. Nobody would have had any interest in hiring Joseph. What did he do? He accomplished nothing that he set out to do. But this is the man who has the vision that guides the church to this day because he shows us how worthy it is to trust in God's will. And and when we put our confidence in God's providence for us, he will not let us down. And in fact, if we didn't have a Joseph in our life of faith, which who was given to us as a special mercy from God, we would probably need to to find one. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we rely on his response to Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother so much. Yeah, Father Peter John, you were you were speaking about a movie that really illustrates the the necessity of Saint Joseph. Yeah, there, I think if you ask Catholics what to name their top ten movies, many people would include "It's a Wonderful Life." And I remember watching them one year. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, and being completely struck this one time because I think I'm, I'm convinced that the movie is meant to be an allegory for the life. Of, of Joseph in this respect. So if you think about the main elements of the Joseph story, what do you have? You have a young man with big plans for his life, and they're all laid out. He's, he's decided on the woman he's going to marry. Her name happens to be Mary. And so in It's a Wonderful Life, you have George Bailey, who's a man with great plans. He wants to build bridges. He wants to build buildings. He wants to... Uh, uh, be a, a guy that is uh, constructing and, and, and changing people's lives to the better through the things that he builds, and his heart is set on this woman named Mary, who, who we see almost from the beginning. What marks um, Joseph's life uh, in a particular way is the fact that he also uh, is, uh, his, his life experiences his great turnaround through the intervention of an angel who comes to him in a dream and in a, a wonderful life. Who is it that finally brings George Bailey back to a sense of what is real in life? And, it, and it, it's an angel who is named Clarence in the film. <laughs> and also, uh, the the great lesson that is learned by Joseph in the film, is uh, by George Bailey in the film, is that... Uh, if he had not been alive, because he's about to take his own life before the angel intervenes, the lives of many, many other peoples would have been in ruins or, or never would have happened. And there's an incredible line in the Holy Father's letter where he says, Do not be afraid. We need to set aside all anger and disappointment and to embrace the way things are, even when they do not turn out as we wish not with mere resignation, but with hope and courage. In this way, we become open to a deeper meaning. Our lives can be miraculously reborn if we find the courage to live them in accordance with the gospel. 
And that's exactly what George Bailey gets in that movie. He's miraculously reborn. So he sees what the world would be like if he had never been in it. And then he begs to be reborn. But according to the plan, that is not his plan, but the plan that's given to him from above, which means it's uh, it's it's not as glorious and it's not as uh, well-producing, etc., but it's it's filled with happiness. And then the, the other thing about the film that just is so astonishing to me, if you think about the opening lines, people are praying for George Bailey, who's already in the throes of his trouble. And how are they praying? They pray... Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. Not Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Mm. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. And who is the advocate or who is, who is sort of the, um, the, the protagonist who, who, who gets Clarence to go to heaven? God speaks with Joseph in heaven and says, we need to take care of George Bailey. So it's Joseph who's very actively mm. being the guardian angel, the, the patron saint for uh, George Bailey on Earth, and when we see the whole story, it really does seem like a Joseph story, and it gives us hope because we've all been in the same place as George Bailey. And so, it's so fascinating that that God, <clears throat> God who could have brought his, you know, the Father could have brought the Son into the world in any way that He chose, chose to bring His Son under the protection of seemingly an ordinary man, you know, yeah. an ordinary husband and father who. Um, did not have great power, did not have, you know, great success, you know, did not have plans go exactly the way that he, he was hoping, but, but yet that's what, that's who God shows. And I think it's St. Joseph in that way can be a great encouragement for fathers today because so many, um, you know, unlike it's a wonderful life, there are many, you know, movies, programs in the media that really kind of sideline fathers, you know, mm-hmm. and fatherhood or point out all the, flaws and, you know, and wounds, you know, that, that fathers have caused, you know, in, in various situations, you know, but to realize that it was still, despite all of that, it was, it was a man, you know, a husband and, and a foster father that, that God chose to be the protector of, of his greatest treasures, you know, the, the eternal word made flesh and, and, and the Ark of the New Covenant. And speaking about the father wound, you know, the reality is that even if somebody has grown up with the tremendous sadness of not having a father, having an abusive father, having a negligent father, having a father that just sort of checked out, etc., it 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 doesn't just um, it it's not something that the person can readily get over or just forget. It it is something that uh, is constantly in a negative way acting on the person's life. Which means, uh, and you would think, that, okay, well, if this is a bad thing, I'll just forget it and, and get over it. But <clears throat> we can't do that. We really, we need to have a father in our life. And, and it, it is as if right from the get-go, and through God's divine providence in, in, in St. Joseph, God is showing us, I know the need that you have for a father. And even when biological earthly fathers fail, I'm, I am providing for you and will give you a, a way to find that satisfaction and that tenderness that you need. I mean, we can't overlook the fact that one of the greatest heroic acts of, of St. Joseph was saving his son from destruction by taking mm-hmm. him to, mm-hmm. to Egypt. And, um, and so 
maybe the destruction that we face is not that dramatic or, or, or that urgent, but it's really there, and there is a Father in our life who is eager and able to act on our behalf to raise us out of whatever threatens us and to to bring us to to the peace that um, was the life of the Holy Family in Nazareth. <clears throat> yeah, St. Joseph really is, you know, he's patron of the Universal Church, I think not not just collectively, but, but individually. You know, we can look to St. Joseph as, as our our foster father, you know, who will pray for us, who will foster us, who will help us, um, who will watch over us, who will give us that courage, you know, to, to, to trust that, that no matter what happens, God will still work his will. God will still um, bring us, bring us to, to true joy, to true happiness. I think um, if you look at spiritual practice, one of the things you find out when people are suffering from a father who is absent or who doesn't simply doesn't participate in religious activities, that children do male and female uh, are very loath to follow a religious or, or spiritual path in holy church. Yeah. Um, I think you know all of this is supposed to open up even the fourth commandment itself: honor the father and the mother. It opens us through human instrumentalities to actually engage with the fatherhood of God, which is what the Lord is trying to make us do, exactly, you know. Yeah. But on the way, he gives us so many helps, including this father, you know, his own earthly father, his own, you know, who took, who took responsibility for him and, and shows us what a loving father looks like. Now, even if we haven't got that kind of a father, we can begin to learn from him, you know, especially if we're willing to put ourselves under his protection, if we're willing to actually invoke him in prayer and ask him as you know we often say to our blessed lady you know show yourself a mother mm. well why not to say to saint joseph show yourself a father yeah mm-hmm. you know your father you know you're 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 supposed to be protector of the universal church i'm part of that body you know show yourself a father saint joseph in the in these times and that beautiful expression going back to the joseph story from the old testament mm-hmm. so um the the expression in the and pope francis yes. mentions this you know go to joseph yeah. And so in the Old Testament, it was go to Joseph in order to receive from him the grain and the, and the, the food yeah. that we need so that we don't die of, of famine. The well, Joseph at Genesis. Yeah, right. in Genesis, in the, in the Old Testament story. But, but we say, yes, but we say it with, with the same urgency, and he's going to give us, just as Mary gives us the fruit of his womb, he's going to give us his son, who's, who's the Eucharist. You know, but but we do. We have to go to him, and there's and there's a, a reason that he's part of the divine plan, and it's uh, it, comp- it it's all together ordered to the 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 degree of happiness that um, is possible by loving him as Father, as, as Jesus Himself did. O light of the Church, teacher of truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom. Preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.